Welcome to No Rewind with Larry Betag. The next chapter of your life begins today, and you're playing the hero. Whether you're on track and ready to cross the finish line or need a complete overhaul, you've come to the right place. Join Larry as he walks alongside you in the next chapter of your life. We'll take a deep look under the hood to see how you can take the right steps to go from good to great. Victories aren't easy, but regret can be costly. Welcome to No Rewind. You've only got one shot. Larry Betag here. Welcome back to No Rewind. I am so excited uh, to, to hop into today's guest. Today's guest is a friend of mine. But before I do, I want to uh, thank Cherry Creek Mortgage again for sponsoring this. At No Rewind here, what we're really trying to do is um, find ways to find awesome people who have either confronted tragedy or confronted a crossroads in their life or something along those lines where they made a decision that Yesterday will not be there tomorrow. They're going to take charge of their life and they're going to go ahead and make something pretty awesome out. And so today, I'm really excited to hop in with uh, Julie Perilli. And uh, Julie, <laughs> you're laughing. We even started talking. So um, <laughs> you and I, I, we got to give a little bit of the background. But but first of all, why don't you tell everybody who you are and give a, why don't you do a shameless self-promotion for 30 seconds about who you are. Uh, my name is Julie Pirelli, and um, well, I don't know. What do you mean shameless? What do you do? Option? What do you do for a living? I do I do mortgages, just like a Cherry Creek mortgage. That's yeah. how we met each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you're working. Give give yourself a promotion. Yep, I work in. Um, I have an office in Geneva, Finance of America Mortgage. So I've been there for five years. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah, love the business still, and started yeah. here at Cherry Creek. That's how we met each yeah. other, and it was, yeah. it was great. And tell me about you personally. You are married? Yep, I'm married. Um, we live out in Maple Park, and I've lived there for 23 years. Um, and my understanding is you married a pretty kick-ass dude. Mm-hmm. A very cool dude named Jacoby. Yep. yep. My, how long have you been married friend. now? Um. 12 years now, but wow. I've known him since we were in our 20s, early that crazy? 20s. Yeah. Time flies. It really is. Yeah, it good really for you. Is. Good for you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, uh, we have so much to discuss and um, I'm really excited about it. But I think with you, um, let's go back to how we got to know each other. Do you remember when we first spoke? I, I think I, I don't know if I, did I contact you? You did. Because I was working for a broker, yes, and I knew the broker was just kind of not anything stable. Fly by night. Yeah, and I I looked I looked up the company and kind of did my research and called, and you were the one who answered, and you told me to come on in with David Lockwood. <laughs> I will never forget. I was with David Lockwood <laughs> partying out in Vail, Colorado, and I would never have gotten your phone call. I had received your phone call had I not just gotten out of the mountains and I just got out of it and it was coming down I-70 and we were just leaving the mountains and things were where we can have reception in Denver and you called and we had a really good conversation. I think at that point you had told me you maybe were a single mom at that point mm-hmm, yep. and you were bartending yep. and you were working at this mortgage company yep. and then very impulsively by your chance you said I'm in and uh <laughs> 
you just there was no further research. You, you committed <laughs> on that phone call and you came on board. Mm-hmm. And we had a great run. And you went from like doing not much of anything really wise to really building up a significant business. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And we got divorced. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. It happens. It's part of the journey of life. Yeah. But we spent how many years together? Probably 12? 12. I think I was here for 12 years. Yeah. yeah. Long mm-hmm. time for somebody in the mortgage industry. It is. It's a huge time. Mm-hmm. So, and then <clears throat> at that point, I think that we were, we won't go into the thing to speak, but I think that we were in a crossroads as far as cross-eyed, as far as how we should continue on. And I think you were feeling your oats a little bit. And I think I was pushing back for whatever, not right or wrong. It was just timing of life, probably. Yeah. And then you ended up leaving and going to the Finance of America at that point. Mm-hmm. And then I remember the first time I reached out to you, um, you, you had a tragedy. And I uh, was on my way back from Canada. And I had just got back into the States. And I just got reception. And my wife had called me and said something bad had um, happened to you. So, yeah, I remember that. I remember so, your calling. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you were a really important part of my life. I mean, I was, I came here, what, mid-20s? Mm-hmm. You know, so it was a big part of my career and my life at that time and raising my kids. And, yeah, you were the, you were a household name in our family. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good <laughs> thing and it's a bad thing. But, I mean, I think all in all, I mean, I will tell you this, and I, 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 I know that as I say this to you, um, you know, I, I, my life would not be the same without having you entwined in it. And I will tell you, while I always felt that then, because of the things that have happened since then, mm-hmm. I feel like we're connected to the same DNA. You know, I, 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 agreed. I, my heart wouldn't be the same without you. So it's funny how it's come around to this point in time, and yeah, I'm I'm grateful for that because it's it gives meaning to meeting you originally you know and even though there was that time that we didn't talk for a while it's like I just really believe that there was a reason why we came back together and you reached out to me and Michelle came to the funeral and yeah it meant a lot to me I mean your letter you wrote me all of that I mean Mm. that really meant a lot to me Mm. so I forgot about that till this moment yeah I forgot about that I still have that letter I um you know the one thing I know about you and uh, I'm going to push you, um, but um, I, you know for me, I'm not an emotional person, and um, I, I, I say you're probably not an emotional person either. I think that one thing that we are cut of the same DNA, we're both passionate, and we both call each other up and we're like, dude, mm-hmm. or we get fired up. <laughs> but as far as the, um, the, the, the tears and crying and this and that, I, I don't think that... I think both of you and I have had these conversations where we're really protective of our hearts. Um, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm, I, I'm an, I mean, I would say I'm an emotional person. I just, I'm not comfortable with the vulnerability part of it. And so what that does in my life is it, it cuts me off from an intimate, you know, conversation or relationship with people because I, I'm just not comfortable with that. So it takes a lot for me to let that down and really mm-hmm. open up. But it's all in there. You know, like I'm a, I, I feel deeply about things. I'm pretty passionate about things. And I definitely have a sensitive heart and mm-hmm. love intimacy. Mm-hmm. But it's just hard for me to 
connect on that level with just anybody. Well, <laughs> so. I think you and I did talk about that. I said it's easier sometimes keep a, a, a wall up in defense mechanisms than get hurt. And I think that as you do that, though, because you won't let people in, you're hurt because you're suffering a little bit by not having that connection. And so you yeah. got to pick your poison. How are you going to get hurt? Getting hurt by having relationships that are good and bad or by suffering in silence? Well, and I don't even know if it's it's necessarily a defense mechanism as it is. It's a skill to be intimate with somebody, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, that takes a skill. You have to put your own ego aside. You have to listen to other people. You have to have the capacity to have a great deal of empathy and be able to connect with other people and see things from their perspective. And that's that's a hard thing to do and it takes a lot of energy and bandwidth and mm-hmm. sometimes I'm, you know, 90 miles an hour and I don't take the time to really do that although it's it's just really important and the most I would say and even in business I've I've thought about really what the purpose is and it's to connect to people mm-hmm. and to help people and to change people's lives even if it's you know on a small level and personally, the same thing. So it's like, no, slow down. That's why I'm here, Larry. I didn't want to do this. I know you didn't want to do that at all. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? This is, no, I'm going to do it. <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm going to jump right into this because I think, honestly, um, you know, I, I, I will tell you that, um, as you're aware, my brother Eric, you know, he got um, paralyzed in a mm-hmm. car accident. And there was a point at Loyola, we were in the ICU, and my dad didn't have tears in his eyes. He didn't cry. But my father, as an anesthesiologist and a hell of a doc, he just said, this shouldn't happen. He goes, parents before kids. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were able to move forward that. And Eric made it through rehab, and, and he's doing really well. Um, but um, this is where your story kind of becomes real. And I think that um, if you're willing to share... Um, I you know, want to talk to you about maybe some of the stuff that happened and maybe just spend two minutes on the incident. And um, I'd like to talk about the conjugation because i got to believe that when I say conjugation, I mean um, the mental digestion and the emotional um, stuff that you've had to conjugate. Because I think for a lot of our listeners here, there's a lot of people here who feel like they're victims in life or they feel like they weren't dealt a fair set of circumstances. I don't know. I tell you, I wasn't dealt with your doubts and, and you weren't dealt with other people. And I got to tell you, either way, no matter what, we probably have a lot better than most in spite of what mm-hmm. we have. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you haven't suffered something incredible. Right. So, yeah. Take us back, if you will. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I mean, my daughter was was killed in, an, in, an, in a crash. Oh. She's tw- she was 21 years old. Um, she was hit and killed by a young driver who ended up being on methamphetamine at the time. Um, and, you know, it was just an average day. And I got that call, the call you never want to get. And um, we had to drop everything we were doing. Actually, we had plans that night with having dinner at our house. Um, With your daughter? Yeah, yeah. She was going to come home from work. We were going to have dinner. Her boyfriend was going to come over. And instead, I got that call. And uh, we had to rush to 
um, Edward Hospital in Naperville and go through an entire night of of basically watching the doctors and the nurses try to save her life and unsuccessfully. Then she died that next morning. And you have, Callie is, where is she in line with your children? (laughs) See, I said I wasn't going to cry, but here I'm crying. That's all right. Um, I don't want to make you cry, but I think that you're being brave. (laughs) It's because it's you asking me this. (laughs) I I know. I could harden up around the right people. Um, She was, she's my youngest. You have how many total? So three, three kids, two older um, kids, two boys, and mm-hmm. then Callie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was just, you know, it's a horrible, it's a horrible thing. I mean, yeah. it's it's horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have no idea what you're going to do. You have, you just truly have no idea what that would be like. I know every parent, including myself, said said and thought in my to myself. If this ever happened, I would, you know, in my mind, I was always like, I'm going to peace out. I would go live on a mountaintop alone. You know, I mean, you think all these things and it just doesn't, it just doesn't happen that way. Um, yeah. So you go through this whole incident and, um, you know, I guess, I guess you have probably the, the range of emotions afterwards initially, probably maybe devastation, despair, something along those lines. I don't know. Um but, um, you know, I, because there was a, I'm going to say for lack of better words, a perpetrator, um, is someone who created this incident. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things that are truly accidents and there's things where other people cause things. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, we I, didn't know that at first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Nobody, we didn't really know that at first. We knew there was an accident, but it wasn't until probably, uh, I don't even know. Time is... I can't keep track of time during... Hours, days, months? Days. Wow. Yeah, probably five to ten days wow. later. Um, when they got his toxicology report back. And we knew it was his fault. We knew that it was a left-hand turn. He was ticketed. It was his fault. But we didn't know any of the toxicology stuff. So it just adds a layer of complication to it. You know, you... It's... I think it it adds a level of, for me, the worst thing and the thing I can, I still struggle with today is the constant feeling and uh, need to do something about it. It's like I have these moments, even in the middle of the night, still to this day, I will wake up thinking... Like you just, you want to jump out of bed and go do something about it. So when you, let's delve into that for a second. Explain it for me. So when you say do something about it, do you want to do something with, with, with the, we'll say a case against the, 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 no. uh, that, or is it, you got to run down the stairs and you call her up and, and, and get her? Or, yeah. Okay. It's more like all the little details you play out, everything. I mean, to the crazy level, to, to the level where I had to go to, a therapist to do like a trauma therapy honestly because it was debilitating the thought of what she was on a motorcycle which I was against um and she knew that and 
So my inability to control, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, her riding this motorcycle. Yeah, you and I do Can have very controlling um, <laughs> things as far as what's right and what's wrong yes. with the kids. Right. And so I had this... You're probably mad at her for a little bit for you didn't listen to me. A hundred percent. Like, I have dreams of telling her... What the hell are you doing? Yeah, like like when you have teenagers and they do something stupid and you dream, you know, about the... Con- I don't know if you have had that, but that's... I've had that with all my kids. It's like, you know one little thing can lead to the, to the worst thing possible, <clears throat> whether it's now or ten years from now, and that plays out in my mind, and... You have dreams about your teenagers. Well, this dream, I can't do anything about. I can't wake up and say, you know, you you do have to pay attention in school or you do have to do well in wrestling because here's why. You made a commitment and this commitment means blah, 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 blah. I I can't do that. So it goes nowhere. Yeah. And it's like this frustration and this feeling of you know like I literally want to jump out of bed or jump up and and change it and Mm -hmm. do something about it Mm -hmm. and I had to tell my mind there's nothing you can do and I literally tell myself that when I wake up there's nothing you can do about this there's nothing you need to do about this right now like there's nothing you need to do so we go to um, this next episode afterwards um, uh, but we're going to talk about the head the heart and the soul but I imagine that you're having this battle between your heart and your head, and your head's telling your heart, "You can't do anything. Knock it off." You know, she, she, you know, uh, you, you're, this is the arguments that you're probably having with yourself. Yeah, I mean, you jump out of bed like that, and you want to do something, and you have to. Well, it's like your left shoulder, right shoulder talking. It, it's kind of like that. But if if, you, if anybody's been involved in any traumatic incident, it's literally your mind and your memory systems getting kind of stuck in a pattern in which you 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 are your brain is working it's PTSD it's your brain is working ineffectually to continue to try to do something about the situation whatever is constantly triggering you so there's legitimate ways of changing that and thankfully i had um a therapist Local to this area, if anybody's listening that has PTSD, I've I've shared this with a lot of people. But it was to the point where, I mean, I I couldn't function. And so she was able to, through a unique therapy, um, change that. And and I literally walked out of there a completely changed person with that incident. So if you, you know. Yeah, you know, it's funny. My my wife and I were watching. We don't watch TV anymore ever. There's nothing good on it. Um, by then, we were watching about some people that were involved in a cult. A cult. Not an occult, but a cult. Nexium. And, um, oh, I've heard of that. These women um, <laughs> had to go through a specialized therapist for helping deprogram women who have been in this. But my whole thing is this. It, 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 it's such a special niche. And I, I keep, as you're telling me this, I think that uh, I keep thinking about is that Maybe for the first time, um, I understand what the housewife is when she understands her son, her husband goes off to war or the son goes off to war. I, I remember my my dad in Vietnam, you know, he was lucky he was in Guam because he was a mash unit where you stitch him up and send him back. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess, you know, you, you, you don't, they don't sit, unlike you, they sat there worried every day that they're going to get this call. You had no thoughts of that ever. You know, you're, you're, you're planning for dinner. 
You know right. what I mean? So, right. but it's gotta be the same thing where, you know, how do you get thrust upon having your, your child taken away from you? You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And, and literally being there during that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, witnessing all of that, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just a traumatic thing. How long did it take you to go ahead and, because the thing that I keep thinking about in my personal life is, um, <clears throat> there's two things that make me crippled in life and, um, but, but they, they do. It, it, it's fear. It's paralyzing. Um, it, it, it's, um, but I think when fear comes in, um, it paralyzes me and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you know, you have to move on, you know, you have this purpose on life and, um, really nobody in my life is going to probably die the same day I do unless we all drive off the same cliff at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's going to be taken from my life at a certain <clears> point. Um, but, I mean, how, how long did it take you to get um, your wheels back under moving forward? Not perfect, but moving forward. I mean, that's just a, it's a hard question to answer. I don't look at it that way anymore. I really don't. I don't look at it as a before and an after or here's where I was and here's where I want to be other than specific specific hurdles like the traumatic hurdle that was a hurdle that needed to be 100% focused on and and dealt with if you will. Mm -hmm. Otherwise I look at it now as just a part of life and more of a a walk through life I, I otherwise it's just part of your journey yeah i mean yes is that what you're saying yeah it's that's a yeah i try not to you know be cliche with that but well, it, it I, really I, is I, it's i think the more people recognize <laughs> that it is a journey then you realize i i, I use this analogy there's a cliche analogy but i i think that it's not your book. It's a chapter. And a bad chapter is a bad chapter. A great chapter is, it, it, it's not the end of the world either. You're, you're not going to finish that way. Right. Um, it's yeah, a chapter. Yeah, that's a great way you know to look I mean? at it. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think you have to look at the whole book. Mm-hmm. You know, if you focus or live in that one chapter just because one thing happened, whether it's the good thing that happened to you in high school and you're living there the rest of your life or college or the day you got married and now your marriage sucks you know you you can't live there it's a it's a it's a living it's a living you're living you're not you know i I don't know how to explain it i love that because i think that you're right if you're stuck in that chapter those are the people you look at the high school homecoming king or the high school (laughs) like a star football player the homecoming queen you know back when i was in high school yeah well that's a great memory but if you're living there, that's a problem. And, or back uh, when we first got married, you hear a lot of people say, or back when, blah, blah, I had this job, or I would lived here. I, I, It's not, I just, you can't. So with tragedy or anything negative that's happened, I've learned that you don't do that either. You know, it, it, that's not your life. You are living your life. And so every day is the part of life you can live. So, but you went through a time of probably paralysis after this whole thing? I did, yeah. I mean, I didn't work for three months solid. I didn't answer calls. I didn't talk to people. Hmm. I literally, you're just, it's devastating. Mm -hmm. And 
it took a long time. So realistically, I know that you don't like having things focus on you, but I will say this, and, and there's, there, there, there's a punchline here that I think is good, and, and the punchline is this, is that there's a million other people that have gone through or are going to go through this, and if I, there might be listeners here today that say, oh, I hope I never go through this, and guess what? They're next. Yeah. And um, I, I just had a call from a client, a past client of mine, that has... Um, his son was was killed in an accident. Fourteen year old son and Dixon was killed in an accident, and he reached out to me because he remembered. So it's it can happen to anybody at any time, and you can't think it it won't or can't. You just have to live through it. Yeah, I remember going through the horrible, the worst time of my life, the worst breakup of my entire life, my second senior year in college, and all I remember is somebody. His name was Johnny Fitzgerald. He goes, Larry. All I can tell you is your best friend is time. You know, in time, you'll be able to put some of this through you. But I guess if, if I were to ask you, if, if I were to say, hey, listen, um, there's someone's going through the same thing. It just happened. Um, if, if you learn anything from this, what would you give as far as a, um, as far as a um, words of wisdom to any, we'll say a mother, to, to say, hey, I didn't dial this up, you didn't dial this up, but maybe you want to start here. I would say that keep kind of my my mantra is to keep tragedy tragic by not letting it permeate into all of the areas of life and get yourself bitter and resentful because that is the easiest thing to do and then your tragedy is is more than just a tragic event it has ruined your life and other people's lives and just it dishonors life in general Mm. you have to you have to be able to recognize it as tragedy Mm mm-hmm and continue to live through that in a way that is that brings goodness and peace to the mm-hmm. world and you have to find out how to do that and i don't know how to i don't know how everybody does well, that well that's the journey piece i mean you had to yeah. discover because i got to tell you you know one thing that you're probably blessed with that probably a lot of people aren't and i got to tell you we're going to talk about another part of your tragedy here maybe in the next episode but um at the end of the day, you didn't dial this tragedy up. But what's the one thing that you have that most people don't have? I don't know. <laughs> Marriage? What do you mean? Don't you have um, uh, Jacoby? He he's oh. He, he there's people with the shittiest marriages or the biggest non-participatory marriages oh. or. They're just bedmates or they're roommates, but um, I, I, my experience from everything you've said, from my experiences, you have a guy that really probably digs you. Well, that had a that had a, a turn for the worst as well, honestly. Um, I we were not on the same page after Callie died. He had a completely different way of dealing with that than I did, and it was bad for a little while and one of his best friends called him and my husband broke down 
and just said, we're not on the same page. Like, I don't know how to help here. I don't know what to do. Um, and he said, you need to go to, you need to go talk to somebody immediately. And he hooked him up with a, a lady, another quote unquote trauma therapy. He went there three different times and um, I went one time with him and she basically said that, you know, that our situation was like, you have to deal with it as like triage. And I was the center of that triage and you have to, and he had to be able to put what was in his head and in his heart together in words that came out the right way. And that, that wasn't happening. There wasn't that communication. So the love was always there, Yes, but it can destroy that. Communication is horrible because communication can make or break you. And even if you have the right hearts, the way you communicate can blow blow it up. Yes. So yeah, again, it's a skill. I think that all of these things are skills that get perfected. That get perfected or they fall apart. Right. And you have to be really intentional about making sure that you are on point with all of this. Because it 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 messes... I mean, grief changes the way your brain works. It changes the way you feel. I mean, I was physically sick for a long time after this. I had to go to multiple doctors... I mean, it just changes everything. Your finances, your work, your outlook, your relationships, everything. Well, I will say that, again, I don't want to put Kobe on a pedestal, but I will say that you have married a guy that digs you. And the fact that he didn't know how to communicate what's nice about it and the thing that I want to say, and you should be proud of yourself and him. The fact that I've known that your guys love for each other. You told me when he went to Africa, I think it was at one point, you told me that whole story. I remember that. I do remember that. <laughs> and um, you, you, you said how your heart triggered. And so my thing is this, I, I really do think that if hearts are right, even if the communication is broken, if you guys have such a tight heart like you did, you'll figure, you'll figure it, it out. out. Yeah. And you figure it out. We and did. honestly, if you didn't have the right person there, no, it would have been a, a mother effing bomb. Uh huh. Yeah, a hundred percent. No, he's, yeah, he's. We we figured it out, mm-hmm. and because we love each other. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. And it's it's a it's a tight relationship. You know, it's a friendship. Honestly. Yeah. It's like a mutual respectful yeah. friendship, and I think that goes a long way. Well, I want to thank you for this one. I, I want to go into a, a second one. Can you come back for one more episode? Sure. Okay. Well, um, this is crazy. Well, first, I want to say thank you, Julie. Um, I have Julie Perilli here. She is with Finance of America, and I never promote anybody else, but I'm promoting her <laughs> because our hearts are, are intertwined here, and she's as much a part of our family as um, maybe a, just our friendship is. You know what I mean? And um so, um, again, Larry Betzhag, I want to thank Cherry Creek Mortgage once again for sponsoring this uh, episode. And as always, you can reach out to me. If you want to hit me personally, you can get my last name, B-E-T-T-A-G, at Comcast.net. I'm always happy to talk about uh, any of the guests that we have here. And honestly, if you've gone through trauma and you need some kind of trauma uh, therapist, Julia said that she knows someone wonderful. So without further ado, thank you, Julie, and we will come back here soon. Thinking about buying a new home or refinancing your existing one? With interest rates this low, what are you waiting for? Today's historically low rates means now is a great time to take the next step. Talk to Larry Betag from Cherry Creek Mortgage. Larry is a great resource to answer all your home financing questions. 
Call Larry at 630-524-9677 or visit www.cherrycreekmortgage.com forward slash Larry Bettag. Larry Bettag, NMLS number 158606. Cherry Creek Mortgage Company, Inc., NMLS number 3001. An equal housing opportunity lender. Not everyone will qualify for products offered. Thank you for joining Larry Bettag at No Rewind. Be sure to repost this podcast or share it with a friend. If you'd like to contact Larry directly, you can email him at betag at comcast.net or you can call him at 630-417-7172. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode of No Rewind.